This is Financially Tuned with Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard of Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Financially Tuned with myself, Baron Fitzgerald, and Simon Hilliard from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. If at any point during the show you'd like to learn a little more information, please feel free to give us a call at 855-793-2409 or visit us on our website, wellingtonadams.com. If you're at the website, please feel free to head on over to our radio page and there you can check out any past shows that you may have missed. Today's show is titled The Basics of 401k Retirement Plans. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about 401k plans, how they work, what the advantages are. And at this point, I'd like to introduce our co-host, Mr. Tony Shore. How are you doing, Tony? Oh, Baron, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, 401k plans, huh? That's good because uh, I have have a 401k plan and my wife has at least one 401k plan. So uh, it's good to know, understand what they are. A lot of people just contribute to them. They know they're for retirement and that's about it. Uh, So this will be good. I think we need to be educated on this. And I know this is something you guys uh, help people out with and have worked with for years. So uh, I'm looking forward to this discussion. But first, uh, let's find out how Simon, uh, your partner in crime there, is doing. Simon, how are you? Oh, well, I'm all right. I'm actually kind of curious now that your wife has at least one. So uh, you working yeah, her hard has... there, making her take out three or four jobs. She's got a 401k. <laughs> no, for she, me. she's she's done a no-no and and still has a 401k with an old employer. Oh, I gotcha. And I all know. Right. I know what you guys are going to say about that, uh, mm-hmm. so we'll we'll get to that later in the show. But yeah, I've had a good week too. Baron, how about you? How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I actually had my nieces in town visiting us, so that's always a pleasure. We had a lot of fun hanging out with them for the week, well, weekend, excuse me. Sure, sure. And Simon, your week has been good, right? I didn't really give you a chance to go into it there. Yeah, I avoided it. Nothing too exciting to talk about. <laughs> Nothing another, too exciting. Another week rolled by. All right. All right. Well, uh, today, 401ks, I guess we should start at the beginning. Baron, maybe you could help us. What is a 401k? Well, Tony, the basic definition is basically it's a form of a defined contribution retirement plan as opposed to a defined benefit plan, um, similar like to a pension. Used to be where you'd work for a company, whatever, 30, 35 years Um, You'd retire and you'd get your social security from them and the company would give you a defined benefit plan payment for the rest of your life. Um, They took care of all the investments and typically that was really enough to just live retirement and happily. Well, those days are really going by the wayside. Now, typically there's only the defined contribution plans and simply put, it's a type of retirement plan that's offered by employers. It's actually also available if you're self-employed. 
Um, it allows you to contribute a portion of your paycheck before taxes are taken out to a variety of different investment options, things like stocks, bonds, money market accounts, things of that nature. Because you put money from your paycheck into a 401k on a pre-taxes basis, um, making contributions reduces the annual taxable income and the amount of tax that you're going to have to pay later on down the road. Um, you defer paying income tax on contributions and the growth in that account um, until you take withdrawals in the future. Actually, a little bit of an interesting side note, this year in 2018, 401ks are actually celebrating their 40th birthday this year. They were oh. actually incepted in 1978. Oh, wow. I didn't realize they'd been around since 78. That's interesting. Uh, 40 years this year. That's kind of cool. So I imagine, uh, I know there are a lot of reasons people use 401ks, but the, the pension has kind of gone the way of the pension. Uh, as I like to say, uh, not a lot of pensions out there anymore. Um, what are the uh, contribution limits? I know there are contribution limits for these retirement accounts like 401ks. Uh, what are they for 2018 or what will they be uh, next year, Simon? Well, that's a good question, Tony. Um, the contribution limits for this year are 18500 and they bump up to uh, 19000 next year. And if you're over 50... You can add in, you have an extra catch-up provision where you can add in another $6,000 and that'll remain the same next year. So in essence, you can, if you're over age 50, if you're trying to stash money away for retirement, you can put away as much as 24500 right now, next year 25000 And I think, you know, you get two benefits from that. You know, that's the contributions that you as an employee are allowed to add. Uh, as far as your employer, they may match or contribute as well and they can contribute above that you have a significantly higher limit for the employer's contributions. You can put in a total of something like $55,000 right now, plus oh, wow. another 6,000. Yeah. So if you've got a really generous employer out there, um, you can get, you know, you can get the advantage of saving quite a bit. And then I think the other big benefit that uh, Baron pointed out that I didn't want to go unnoticed is it brings down your taxable income as well. So you kind of get the twofold benefits, you know, it's encouraging you to save towards retirement on a, you know, pre-tax basis, you're not paying tax on that money or the growth along the way. So you get some good tax advantages there and the compounding effect of the interest, but it also brings down your annual taxable income. So if you're kind of at a tax threshold or bumping up into a, a higher tax threshold than you want to be paying on an annual basis between you and a spouse, potentially, you know, that's one way that you can bring down that taxable income. Mm, that sounds great. Now, uh, how do employer? How does employer matching work? I've heard about that. You guys have talked about it before. Uh, and how much should we be contributing to our 401k? Baron, you want to take that one? Sure, Tony. Um, the majority of 401k matching programs, they basically have the same general structure. Um, the employer is going to match a certain percentage of the employee contributions um, up to a certain percentage of their compensation. So as an example, Let's say an employer uh, matches its employees' contributions dollar for dollar up to a maximum of 5%, we'll say, of their salary. In, that, in this case, anyone who earns, say, 50000 per year would have all their contributions up to 2500 matched dollar for dollar by their employer. Um, I mean, they could certainly choose to contribute more if they wanted to, you know, than the employer is willing to match. But the amount of the employer contributions is going to be limited according to that rule. So as far as how much should someone contribute? Well, I mean, there's many differing opinions on it. 
Um, most advisors, financial planners out there, they agree that at a very, very minimum, participants should really contribute as much as their employer is willing to match at, at the very least. Um, so like I said, in, in, you know, basically in the previous example, the employee should contribute 5% of the salary at an absolute minimum, you know, contributing, I mean, not contributing enough to, to take full advantage of that employer's match is basically like refusing to take a portion of your salary. It's like just giving away free money at, a as a general rule, we usually feel that at least 10%, if they can afford to do so. Um, would be a good rule of thumb as far as how much you should match. I mean, how much you should contribute. Sure, and everybody's situation is different. So I, I think that's a good way to look at it uh, and sounds like great advice. Now, we're almost out of time for this first segment. It just flew by. We have to take a quick break. Is there anything you want to add before the break? Well, Tony, I just wanted to say to the listeners out there, you know, a lot of people have 401ks. If you don't, you want to set up your own retirement plan. That's an important option. You know, it's always good to save for retirement. Uh, one of the tools that we have is the Retirement Income Toolkit. It's a good tool for outlining your savings goals and things like that. We also have an income plan, a retirement plan that we put together for the uh, clients that kind of helps them understand, you know, how much they should be saving to meet their goals, you know, how that will grow over time with the contributions and things like that. So for the listeners today, if they want to reach out to us and get a hold of either that retirement income toolkit or sit down with us and do the income plan to make sure that they're on track with what they're saving. And if they need to save a little bit more or adjust their uh, plan a little bit, we'd be happy to do that. We set aside a couple slots each week to do so. You can reach out to us 855-793-2409 or reach us on the website at wellingtonadams.com. All right. Thanks, Simon. And thank you, Baron. Listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of Financially Tuned and our hosts, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard, right after this. Want to help mitigate the uncertainty of future taxes and lower your taxes on Social Security benefits? With tax-free qualified distributions and growth of earnings, converting your 401k to a Roth IRA could be your solution. At Wellington Adams Investment Advisory, we can answer your questions regarding 401k and IRA rollovers. We work with a team of CPAs and professionals who can help you avoid potential pitfalls. Visit us at wellingtonadams.com to learn more. And now back to Financially Tuned with Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard. All right, and welcome back to Financially Tuned. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, and our hosts today, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard. And Baron and Simon, great show today talking about the basics of 401k retirement plans. And you've talked about what a 401k is, some of the contribution limits, uh, how that employer match is so important to take advantage of, how that works, and really what people should be contributing to their 401ks. Uh, now, to start us off here in Section 2, Simon, uh, what are the differences between a standard 401k and I, something I've just only heard about lately, the Roth 401k? How does that work? Yeah, it's a good question, Tony, and you're right. I don't think Roth 401ks were too popular until recent years, and now they're kind of sprouting up all over the place. So it's a good good benefit to have for a lot of people. Uh, you know, your standard 401k, like we talked about in the first section, is money that you're putting in uh, before you pay taxes on it. So it brings down your annual taxable income. You get to put those uh, that money aside for retirement. It's growing on a tax-deferred basis. And 
then you're not paying tax until you withdraw that money down the road. With the Roth, it's a little bit of the flip side as far as the taxes go. It's money that you are paying taxes on uh, in the year that you're putting it in there. So it's coming out of your after-tax income. So that income is being reported on your tax return. You're making those contributions in. But then the difference and the benefit is, is that the interest is growing tax-free. So down the road, when you go to withdraw it, there's no taxes due. The interest was tax-free and you'd pay tax on the principal when you put that money in. So, you know, a lot of people get a little bit sidetracked and we love the idea of tax-free and think that that's just the best thing since sliced bread. So it's automatically the Roth that's the uh, best one. But the reality is it's a tax play and it's just purely a tax decision. You know, do you want to pay tax at today's dollar, today's rates or at the future rates? And you've got to have to kind of make some educated decisions and projections as to where you think you'll be in the future versus today. And that's where you make the decision. You know, you're going to pay it at a 12% rate now or 22% down the road or 22% now and 12 down the road when you take it out. That's where a little bit of that modeling, that uh, income planning and projections doing some financial planning will really come into play because it's hard for a lot of people to know, you know, where they are. A lot of people don't even know where they're paying, what tax rate they're paying today, much less where they'll be in the future. So important decisions, important considerations to take uh, when you're looking at that there. Sure. And a lot of it, as Simon uh, has to do, you mentioned income limits. Uh, Not everyone is going to be eligible for that Roth 401k, right? Well, see, that's where the other benefits lies is when you look at your regular IRAs or Roth IRAs, you're right. Those are subject to income limitations as far as being able to contribute um, or how much you can put in is limited to the $5,500 or $6,500 a year. Sure. And even with the IRAs, just a traditional IRA, there's limits as to who receives the uh, tax benefit for contributing. But when it comes to the 401ks and the Roth 401ks, there's no income limits. Oh, really? So what, no, none. So it's yeah. in so that's that where way, the big it does benefit differ. is. Yeah. So in that way, it does differ from the Roth uh, IRA then. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a, you know, there's the income limit that applies if you're contributing to your own IRA or Roth IRA, but there isn't currently one for the Roths. That's a big benefit for high income earners that you don't have the option uh, to do any Roth contributions or any tax planning from that perspective. And as sure. we talked about, you have a pretty high limit as far as what you can contribute, you know, 18.5 a year, 24.5 a year if you're over age 50, plus your employer's contribution. So some nice benefits there and things to be aware of and consider. Wow. Interesting. So uh, Baron, when can you withdraw your money uh, from a 401k Already talking about trying to get your money out, huh, Tony? Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to know what my options are for sure. <laughs> well, the short answer is that in order to take a distribution from the 401k um, without paying a penalty, you're going to need to be at least 59 and a half years old. Um, the law is actually designed to encourage workers to not dip into their 401k before then. But you know, like most things in life, things aren't just set in stone. So there are a few notable exceptions. If you are separated from service, meaning you no longer work for the employer, um, you only need to be 55 years old to take a penalty free distribution. Um, now you're only able to do that so long as you don't roll over the money into a, uh, a different account. Um, so you have some limitations there. Um, Number two, if you commit to taking a series, another way to do it is if you commit to taking a series of um, substantially equal payments um, that last at least five years or until you reach 59 and a half, whichever one comes later, um, you can actually start tapping into your 401k at any age. That's typically um, the option is called a rule 72. 
Um, it's actually an option in the tax code that allows you to take out regular peri- uh, periodic payments earlier on than you normally would before 59 and a half. Um, they can be set up and used by workers of any age. However, though, it's important to know that once you set up that periodic payment schedule, it cannot be amended at that point. Has to, um, you know, they have to continue with it. So it can be a complex process, and you know, some workers may find it difficult to set up the 72T. So especially that may be a time where you need to sit down and talk with a professional in regards to, you know, if that's something that may be beneficial for you to do. Another reason or um, another situation when you can withdraw your money is if you become totally or permanently disabled. Uh, you can use your 401k penalty free at that point. And then you can also use 401k funds um, towards unreimbursed medical expenses over, I believe the new law is 10% of your AGI. Mm. Interesting. So what you're saying there earlier is that you, if I understood you correctly, you can take loans from your 401k before you turn 59 and a half as long as you repay them? Yeah, I'll get into that in a minute. I, what I wanted to basically just say as far as the early, you know, because if you take these out without doing it, you could also face some w- withdrawal penalties. I mean, if you take a hardship withdrawal, otherwise withdraw the money from your 401k without one of those valid reasons, um, your withdrawal is going to be subject to 10% early withdrawal penalty. And that's actually on top of any taxes that you may already have to pay. So, wow. you know, we want to stress that you definitely want to think twice before taking out the uh, money of your 401k before reaching 59 and a half. Yeah. Um, in regards to your, your, your question though, about the loans, I mean, there are distribution rules that are um, going to, with the 401ks that are going to differ a little bit from IRAs. The, the money inside the plan grows tax deferred, same thing as it does with an IRA. But whereas IRA distributions can be made at any time, there, there has to be a triggering event um, that has to happen in order for the distribution of a 401k to occur. You know, as a result, the 401k assets can usually be withdrawn only under the following conditions. Um, if the employee retires, if death occurs, um, or as I mentioned before, disability or separation for service with the employer, um, upon the, upon the employee's attained age of 59 and a half, um, or also upon the termination of the plan itself. Now, as far as loans are concerned, there are another way that the employee can access their benefit, uh, their you know plan benefits, but there are several restrictions. First, the loan is only available at the employer's discretion. I mean, if the employer chooses not to allow plan loans, then you're not going to be able to get a loan on the on the plan. Um, if it is allowed, then up to fifty percent of the employee's vested balance can be accessed. Um, providing that amount doesn't exceed 50000 And it usually also has to be repaid within five years. Um, now, if you're using it for like a primary home purchase, then it may be repaid over a longer period of time. Um, the interest rate that is going to be applied has to be comparable to the rate that's charged by lending institutions for similar loans. And then any unpaid balance left at the end of the term would be actually considered a distribution and would be taxed and penalized accordingly. So those are a couple of things that you got to worry about and think about if yeah. you're planning on taking a loan. Yeah, there's quite a bit there. Baron, I've got a question for you. I know you've talked about required minimum distributions or RMDs when it comes to withdrawing from, say, an IRA. Uh, does that apply to a 401k as well? How does that work? 
Well, I mean, unless the participant is still employed and the plan allows RMDs to be deferred until retirement, um, they must begin at age 70 and a half. But if you still enjoy working, you know, in your retirement or in your golden years, quote unquote, and you reach that 70 and a half milestone where RMDs are required, you actually don't have to take them from the 401k where you are still working. So if the 401k that you're working, I mean, the company that you're working at offers a 401k and you've reached 70 and a half and you're still working, you don't have to take it from that one. However, if you have any other 401ks from old companies that you used to work at, then you do have to take your 401, uh, your requirement of distributions for those 401k accounts. Gotcha. Now, uh, what about uh, when you quit your job? Simon, what are the options you have with your 401k? Well, Tony, that's a good question. I think uh, most people are aware once you quit your jobs, the sky's the limit, <laughs> literally with your 401k as well. You've got the options to, in some cases, some companies allow you to leave the leave the funds there, um, keep them in the 401k account or your thrift savings plan is a pretty common one where people leave them in and have some flexibility. But oftentimes uh, you're going to roll that money over. You might have a time limit or be forced to do so. You know, everybody's 401k uh, rules are subject to what the company set up and what they worked out. So it's going to vary from business to business and from individual uh, to individual with what they're working with. But I think that becomes a big time for you to have a little bit more flexibility. You know, the downside of the 401k is that you're limited to the options available within the 401k. And we've seen some companies that have some good plans and some good options in there and lots of variety. But for the most part, you know, you are somewhat limited for a lot of the plans that we see. And the benefit there would be that you have the option to roll those funds over to your own IRA or Roth IRA, if it was a Roth 401k, and then decide how and where you want to invest those funds. And that's where you have to put a little bit of work and research into who you want to work with, you know, find a good advisor that you're comfortable with um, that's independent and has lots of options and can do some retirement planning for you if you haven't done that already. Hopefully you have at that point. Um, but if not, that's something that you want to kind of reevaluate, incorporate into your retirement plan uh, and find the best options that are available out there to support you moving forward. It's a nice, it's a nice part of the uh, equation there because you get a little bit more flexibility built in. Sure. Sure. So, uh, what are some ways we can avoid some of these fees and penalties that you guys have been talking about, Baron? Um, well, there's several, Tony. First is, um, as we touched on before, try to avoid the early withdrawals. Um, as I mentioned before, if you withdraw money from your 401k account before age five, uh, 59 and a half, you're going to need to pay that 10% early withdrawal penalty in addition to any income tax owed on the distribution. Um, for someone in the 25% tax bracket, um, a $5,000 early 401k withdrawal is going to cost them 1750 bucks in taxes and penalties. So, you know, it really may not make sense to do that. It may make sense to pull the monies from somewhere else. Um, also, I wanted to point out that even though a Roth 401k is funded with the same kind of income as a Roth IRA, it's still tied to the withdrawal rules of a regular 401k. That means any early withdrawals before retirement are actually hit with a 10% early withdrawal penalty. It's actually something that I just learned not too, uh, too long ago. Um, number two, you may want to shop around for low cost funds. If the expense ratio on, uh, any of the funds in your 401k is over 1%, you're probably paying a little too much. Uh, a workplace 401k plan offers a limited menu of investment options. Uh, it's one of the drawbacks of them. They don't have a lot of things to choose from. 
Um, often some of the funds cost significantly less than others, even within the same investment class. So switching to a lower cost fund will reduce your investment costs and just help your 401k grow faster. Um, a third point that I wanted to make is maybe you want to read your 401k fee disclosure statement. Your 401k plan is actually required to send you a fee disclosure statement each year. Um, this is going to list key pieces of information about every option, investment option that's in your 401k plan, including the um, annual gross expense ratio of each fund. The statement will also list additional fees associated with each fund or charges that you might incur if you take like specific actions, as we mentioned earlier. So your 401k um, disclosure statement is going to allow you to just quickly determine how much each fund costs to own and if there's a similar low-cost fund available um, in that plan. Um, another point as far as avoiding fees is you don't want to leave your job before you vest in the 401k plan. Um, you know, while you always get to keep your personal contribu uh, contributions to that 401k, you can't keep your employer's contributions until you're fully vested in the plan. Um, well, you can't keep all of them until you're fully vested. While some companies, you know, provide immediate vesting for the 401k match, others are going to require as long as maybe two or three years of service before you're even eligible. Um, I think that's called cliff vesting as opposed to graded vesting. Um, some employers are going to allow you to keep a percentage of the 401k plan. That's going to depend on your years of service but you might not really be able to keep it all until you've been with the company for at least five or six years. That's the graded schedule. You can directly roll over your 401k to a new account. Um, you also should compare 401k loans to other borrowing options. Another point, you gotta remember those required minimum distributions. It's important that, you know, as I said, they're required after age 70 and a half unless you're still working for the company. Um, and lastly, I wanna point out that you should really find a fiduciary. If you don't feel comfortable selecting your own investments in that plan, you might want to seek professional help. You know, it's important to find out if your financial professional is going to boost his compensation though by steering you into the high cost investments. So you want to ask your advisor if they're willing to act as a fiduciary, which means they're going to be required to recommend investments that are in your best interest and not the funds that are going to result in the biggest profit for the advisor. Yeah, I think these are some great points. Now we're out of time for today's show. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? Well, Tony, we just want to remind the listeners that uh, they can reach us on the website at wellingtonadams.com or by phone, 855-793-2409. If they'd like to sit down, we have uh, that retirement income toolkit that we said it will make available for them. We'll walk through it with them if they want to come in for a no-cost, no-obligation appointment, or they can uh, download it online at wellingtonadams.com. All right. Sounds great, guys. That does it for today's episode of Financially Tuned with Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard from Wellington Adams. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Baron Fitzgerald or Simon Hilliard at Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. Call 855-793-2409 or visit them online at wellingtonadams.com.
All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Baron Fitzgerald, Simon Hilliard, and Wellington Adams Investment Advisory are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.